Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of Our Roots and Tea. So we are here to discuss more of the life topics,、um, exploring our minds. We're talking about spirituality, meditation,、um, the ego, our mind,、uh, philosophy, psychology,、uh, life purpose, life meaning. Uh, anything you can think of that's more of the existential part. So it's a bit of a tradition here that we drink tea with our guests while we discuss these deep topics. And today we are trying the classic green tea, the old and reliable, plenty of antioxidants. And we are going to drink this tea with our amazing guest,、um, and this talented Luca Nicora. Um, yeah, he is coming on to do this all the way in Japan right now. So it's it's, it's great to have him have him on. The first question is, how do you currently feel about yourself right now? I feel good, man. I feel、oh. really good. Yeah, I mean,、um, I I do my daily meditations every morning, and you're calling me in the morning right now, so. Uh, I recently came out of it, <laughs> so I do feel really relaxed and and centered. Okay, and you—that's how you stay centered. Is is doing a lot of med- meditation and and what else? What else do you do? Yeah, I mean that's a great question.、Um, I think for me,、um, meditation is a huge part of how I stay centered.、Um, I start every day with. Um, an, a thirty minutes to an hour meditation in the morning when I wake up、um, to set up that day for me. I, I set up the energy through that meditation,、um, and then、uh, throughout the day I try to stick to whatever I either realized, discovered, or whatever the intention was during my meditation in the morning. And、um, because of meditation, because of daily meditation, I'm more and more and more aware. Of my、uh, thoughts, feelings, emotions, patterns, and whatnot, so I'm able to like catch myself quicker now. When I start getting into any kinds of frustration at work or whatnot, or you know, we're not on a lockdown right now, so I'm still going to work. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so throughout the day, I'm able to kind of streamline whatever's going on.、Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's plenty of moments where you're like, oh, I got something coming up, a frustration, whatever. And then in the evenings as well, I have a meditation that I do, which is going through my day, and I sort of、um, mental rehearse the moments that didn't work out into like I rehearse them in my head in like a more positive way for me to react in a similar situation. So it's kind of similar to what was that term?、Uh, transcendental meditation, right? You kind of have like a mantra that you, you repeat to yourself. Um, in a sense, it, the the usually what I've what I know of、uh, transcendental meditation is that、uh, through a certain process, the 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 guide once you get into the system sort of、uh, gives you、um, a mantra.、Um, but I'm not extremely familiar with transcendental meditation because I've never taken any classes or anything.、Um, so it's similar in a sense because、uh, I have moments in during which I. I'm focusing on a certain thing, or a phrase in my head pops up during my meditation, and sort of becomes my mantra for the day, the week,、mm. or whatnot. And then sometimes it comes back up.、Um, but really, what it is is when I wake up in the morning, I, I, I ask myself who I want to be, how, what kind of energy do I want to bring in the world,、mm-hmm. um, and what's the best expression of myself that I can imagine. And then letting that imagination and those feelings like grow in me, and and it's like an acting exercise in which、uh, you see yourself in a situation. You can feel, you can sometimes smell and touch, and really have these feelings grow in you and sort of explode in your heart, if it makes any sense. And and then let that guide you through the day. And so, yeah, not too long ago, sort of the mantra that came up for me was, "I am in control." Mm. Um, which, when you know, I always thought of myself as not a morning person until about 
two or three months ago where I started this um, waking up early in the morning to meditate before I go to work because I've always meditated um, for the past 10 years or so. Oh, wow. Um, well, I guess it's more seven years, but it's still, it's been a while. And, um, and so I've, I've been through all sorts of type of meditations. I've explored a lot of uh, different kinds of meditation, but now it's like this, um, this mindset that guides me. And then this, I am in control phrase has been helping me waking up in the morning. And like, I'm like, ah, oh, I guess I can just hit this news button. And I'm like, no, I'm in control. I can do this. And now it's pretty cold out there. So when I get off my, uh, out of my bed, I'm like, oh no, it's cold. I want to go back to bed. No, I'm in control. And sort of like that phrase is kind of, yeah. no, I can do this. Like whatever the circumstances, I can do it. I can, I, I can take control over uh, my body mostly or over my previous patterns and over my situation and, 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 and how I react to it and how I still decide, okay, I can, I can go. I can wake up, go to the bathroom real quick, drink water and then sit back in bed and start the process. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so that phrase has been helping me as well. And when I uh, encounter um, certain situations in which I don't want to go to the gym today or something, or I don't, I don't feel like I, 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 I get too much in my head or, or I have uh, colleagues, coworkers that are knowing me and I'm like, no, I'm in control. I'm not going to let myself feed these thoughts and that energy. And then just like keep going into what do I want to be? How do I want to express myself today? You know? And for you, when you're thinking about that, you're only thinking about the present moment today. You're not thinking about who I want to be or how I, how I want to present myself two days later or a year later or a week later. Well, that's, yeah, that, that's a really good concept and quite important, I think. Um, the whole being the present moment is definitely a, a, a an important concept in meditation, but also something that is very obscure for many people. <laughs> the present moment, what the hell does that mean? I, I, to, to me, I think the present moment is really when you're able to let go of your um, anxiety of the future, fear of the future, let go of the memories of the past, of your emotions of the past, and just be fully present. And that moment, just like a heartbeat comes and goes, comes and goes. And the more you meditate, the more you're aware of yourself, of your body, of your feeling um, of yourself and um, the under, like the awareness, sort of awareness of yourself and of the space in which you are, then you sort of connect with that eternal present moment. Um, but from that moment, you can create anything you can create your future from that moment um i'm jumping way ahead because this conversation is diving deep into this subject i that's cool that's that's what we're here for they're crazy let me know um because my whole process started from a very rational sort of scientific based background so um depending on who's listening to this they might be whoa what is this um but yes so the present moment i think is is a time well, it's, it's a time beyond time, a place beyond place, space, really, um, in which you are really deeply connected to the energy that lives between your cells, uh, your um, atoms and whatnot. Um, that if you start looking into quantum physics, that's, that's pretty much the whole concept of it. But um, to go back to your question is like, do I project myself doing for only that day? Well, not necessarily. I, I actually tend to project myself even beyond that. Um, also because on a long term, in the long term, I, I see myself somewhere else in another uh, job and another situation. So I, I, I reach out basically to how far I want to uh, in a sense of how it's going to make me feel. So if I get, because my, my objective really is to get really excited about my day ahead, to get really excited about my life. And so sometimes I see myself throughout, throughout that present day, but usually I go beyond that in which I have all of my dreams sort of realize of, you know, um, but then going through my day, usually it's more my night meditation, my evening meditation in which I look back and see where my programming, where my pattern 
uh, sort of showed up and how I can rehearse that for the future, for the next day, really. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. And then during that process, um, you know, thoughts that come into mind about the future with the ones that make you feel anxious or, or, or just stresses you out, you just try to throw those out and then focus on the ones that you know gives you a more positive feeling. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, that's, that's also another really good point because uh, I've, you know, I've taught meditation here a little bit oh, cool. um, during, yeah, during the lockdown, I, I um, in my building, we have um, like a training room and uh, there's like a certain limit of people that can use them. And so I've been able to like book them, book these rooms and then taught meditation. And I've had a lot of questions that came up like that in which, oh, but I'm thinking during my meditation, I, I, I don't think I'm doing it right. Or um, this, this isn't working for me. Like there's a lot of, a lot of worry and anxiety about doing it right. And about the whole concept of, wait, I should not be thinking, but that's not true at all. I mean, the, the, the whole brain is going to be doing whatever it needs to be doing. And a, a lot of it um, is to, um, put things into boxes and, and anal analyze things. And that's, that's your rational brain. That's your uh, beta waves, right? Um, but once you want to drop to your meditation um, alpha or lower, then you start to vacillate between thinking and then coming back to, ah, this is where I am now. This is so for me, um, I used um, <clears throat> I like guided meditations. Mm -hmm. I have recorded some as well that you can find on my Instagram, cool. uh, which can help if someone mm -hmm. wants to check them out. But I use guided meditation a lot, but sometimes I just use music. Um, but for me, the how I started meditation was with connecting to the body. So it was more of a healing type of meditation, a lying down meditation in which it was always of like, Oh, I'm thinking now I'm come back, I go back to my body and I just feel the body and feel the breathing, which is very simple, but can be tricky. But what I've realized is that there's a lot of things happening in the body. Mm -hmm. Quite surprisingly to me, I didn't realize, but at first when I started, I was like, Oh wait, I feel like I'm falling on one side. And then, and they're like, Oh no, I'm just there. And then suddenly I couldn't feel my arms. Like where are my arms? <laughs> it's like a trip, right? Like, where are they? And then, you can have like move slightly a finger like, Oh, there it is. And then, and then you start feeling like you're giant or like super small and your body is way too small for you. Like you're squeezed inside of your body mm. or, or suddenly I would feel like little like feet walking on my, on my torso. And when I remember the first time that happened, I was living in New York and I, and I opened my eyes to check, wait, are there like um, bugs or something on me? Cause oh. I, w I was really like scared of roaches back then. I was like, Whoa, yeah. is there a cockroach on me? But no, like there's nothing. And, and to the point that at some point I felt like uh, a ball the size of a tennis ball, like come out of my heel, my right heel. And then uh, I felt like something plugged into, into my leg and just like releasing some kind of warm liquid in my leg and stuff. Um, but like really crazy experiences and like stuff like little pinches on my, on my head and my, and under my feet and kind of like cables or as if like someone was playing my, with my hair, like just pulling my hair a little bit. Um, and stuff like that. And so to answer the question, like this is often how I go back to myself is to just reconnect to my body because I have quite a lot of experiences in which I feel funny things in my body. And even if it's just like warmth, like around my hands or arms. Um, and so if I feel myself start thinking, it's about the, the whole thing is not judging yourself for thinking and not like, being like, oh, beating yourself up for thinking, but just like, oh, there's a thought. Okay, let's go back to the body. So for instance, this morning, I, I didn't have a meditation that was like insane, like I sometimes do, but it was quite a lot of going back and forth, going back and forth until I'm really centered. Um, and then it just, you know, it vacillates really. Well, can you remember a time when, where you just decided that, okay, I need to do meditation. I need to go through this path because whether it's to understand yourself better or, or maybe something happened and then you just feel like there's needs to be a change. Mm. 
Yes. Uh, so like a lot of people that, that are sort of on that self growth empowerment yeah. path, there's often an event Yeah. Uh, because sometimes we need a kick in the butt yeah. uh, to be pulled out of our heads. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that mostly happens because we all have sort of a certain structure, education and pattern that is not working for most, most of us until we run that um, program down. And then it's like, we need to shift into something else to be in a healthier place. Um, but yeah, so for me, I have always been interested in spirituality as, as a kid. My, my, my dad used to do Reiki, you know, healing with mm. the hands. Oh, wow. um, and I grew up in a Christian Catholic um, Catholic family, uh, which I do not consider myself Christian anymore, even <laughs> though I'm glad I went through that. Yeah. Um, there's definitely concepts that I love in it, but then mostly the whole organization from like the whole church is not something that uh, makes sense to me anymore. Um, but so I, I had some kind of some kind of a spiritual background. And then what really triggered the whole thing, the whole um, spiritual process for me was when I was in high school, 18 years old or so, I, I had a very intense relationship. And um, when I decided to break up with that girl, um, it was it was really hard. Like it was the best decision I've ever made, but because the relationship was really unhealthy, but it it really like put me in a place where I needed some kind of help. And for some reason, well, it's not really part of my family, I guess, to go see a shrink or something or, yeah. but I was, I, I didn't even really think about that. Uh, for me it was, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn to God. That was my first thing, my oh. first thought. And I had like a good family friend who was um, an amazing, this amazing lady, she's still alive. She's kind of like my grandma. Um, she was my neighbor back then. And she's, um, this person who, this woman who wakes up in the morning and she's like crying out of gratitude. She wakes up with her heart filled with gratitude and she lost her son, uh, when he was in his thirties because he got AIDS, he, he used, uh, drugs heavily and, and she lost her husband. Um, he got cancer. And so she didn't have like the the most beautiful life yet she was able to like wake up and cry with gratitude which for me was like this is amazing this this is what i aspire to be so i reached out to her and she kind of like guided me through something that was quite very religious okay and so i i started seeing the devil everywhere <laughs> i was like oh no i'm thinking about something bad now i the devil is here and he's in my, in my room but because i've had like a very like you know rational uh, upbringing as well and you know I, I went to university and all that eventually so it, it was like um I was able to sort of like catch myself like whoa whoa I'm not going down that path I'm not I'm not gonna let this happen to me and and that's when I started really um doing my own research and then I have to mention this guy that I met uh randomly when I was working on one of my side jobs in Switzerland and he was like I saw that he had this book from a, a spiritual master. Um, I forgot his name now, but someone, he's like a Bulgarian guy um, that a friend of mine was into, like her family was into that um, whole fraternity thing. Uh, it's not a fraternity, but it's called like a fraternity. Um, and um, so he like, I was like, oh, you, you, you like that? So you must like spirituality and stuff. We started talking and then eventually he was like, Hey, uh, like he, he was like at least 20 years older than me. And he, and then he invited me for coffee and I was like, Hey, well, you know, I just want to let you know, I have a girlfriend. I was like, Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> it's not that at all. Uh, <laughs> so was, and then, and so we had that moment and then he was like, I, I'm just like really curious to know what you think and stuff. And, and I ended up having coffee with him and he had this like platform that he was developing, just a website with a lot of recordings of just these amazing, amazing people uh, from like uh, the Pope to the Dalai Lama to like um, some of the most important people like Eckhart Tolle and like all these guys. And I, I suddenly had this amazing resource of information that had, because I was before Spotify, <laughs> um, yeah. And, and so I, I suddenly was able to download all of these um, um, tracks and listen to them. And so I really got into it um, 
into first into that whole like spirit spirituality through um, mostly science-minded people that were able to measure certain things and talk about them in scientific terms, but sort of like um, demystifying um, the magic or the spirituality, because for me, it really needed to be a process. It needed to be something that I can reproduce, something that helps me understand myself and gives me tool to, to function in the world. I didn't want to be some kind of hippie just living in on a hill, on a hill in a cave or something, you know what I mean? Um, right. And I don't remember who said that, but it's something like if spirituality wasn't a science, uh, it would have disappeared. Um, so this is kind of like my mindset. It has to be, I have to be able to reproduce the effects and I have to be able to use these tools in my daily life. Okay. Sounds like some kind of myth busters or just <laughs> busting like spirituality. In a sense, in a sense. And it's like getting really excited about all these new things that you can experience because you're experiencing with yourself. You're yeah. trying different things in your life. You're trying different things on yourself while you meditate and stuff. And it's like, it's for me, I love magic. I mean, I grew up with Harry Potter. Like this has been like huge for me as a kid. And, um, and so for me, it's more of like the connection between magic or the spirituality and science, kind of like meeting in the middle mm. um, in a sense that, that we can explain because we, we forget on a daily life that science is a religion. You know, like we all accept certain concepts. We do agree. We accept, okay, this, these uh, things, these, these concepts that some scientists a while ago has decided this is the truth because it, it is reproducible like because you can but but, but then there's plenty of uh, new experiments that sort of uh, counter counter that fact and then it sort of like builds up right so you have for a while scientists believe that um like radios like radio waves would be not harmful so they would like radio wave people's feet to see what would be the best foot for you until they realize people get cancer from it and then they they stop because they would get like weird like issues with their feet or like people would uh they would give them as medicine what was like um uh, mercury um you know like their cocaine was used as well like as <laughs> and 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 still now we still use like pretty heavy drugs that are quite dangerous to solve certain issues right so science science is an amazing tool and 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 i and i love the fact that it really helps um saving lives especially when someone is like on in a car crash or dying and whatnot but then there's a lot of it that that is just like we sort of accept that it is the truth yet a lot of people don't even have any proof of that you know what i mean they go to the doctor and the doctor says oh you have we're not sure what you have well they usually don't tell that tell that to you but yeah like I went, I went to the doctor a couple of years ago because I, I had, I couldn't breathe. And then the doctor oh, was like, oh, it might be allergies. Like I had a hard time breathing. Uh, maybe it's allergies. Try this. And I was like, I, I, I've had allergies my whole life. I know this is not an allergy. And then I realized, oh, that was a panic attack. Mm. And then, but the doctor was not even like considering the fact that it could be something else. And so if you actually start looking into the research, there's a lot of there's a lot of research that are quite crazy and could be considered hippy dippy spiritual stuff. Yet we have sort of a limited understanding of it. And we have, we have an expectation of like, Oh no, we just go to the doctor and, and see what he says and get, and take the drugs that he gives us without actually healing anything. Well, I'm kind of like going into another direction right now, but um, <laughs> yeah. So, so, so I, I, th yeah. Because I was about to ask is why why do you think the the doctors or at least the doctor you saw why do you think that he just dismissed the possibility of a panic attack and just oh well just take these drugs. Yeah, I mean that's a really good question, and I and I, I think you can definitely go down the route of in in the route of oh doctors and science and and, and there's money behind it and they're trying to control oh. us and whatnot. Got it. Which I, the, the, I actually don't believe that myself strictly. Okay. I, I just think that uh, 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 medical education is, you know, we're, we're at a time where we're awakening to new opportunities, new sciences and new possibilities. And so it's just like a slow pro process of learning. And so some people uh, need extra, 
even more um, proofs of things that are uh, possible to be able to change their minds because we identify with our minds, we identify with our beliefs. And, and if someone starts saying you're wrong, a lot of people reacting will react as like a personal attack, uh, especially if you're talking to a doctor about um, medicine and whatnot, mm -hmm. they can be, you know, like, no, I know more than you. Well, not that I've been in a situation in which I would tell a doctor what to think, but it can take a while for the mind and the ego to sort of like accustom itself to new ideas and new concepts. That's why change can be a bit difficult because the main, the brain and the mind is usually trying to find patterns and boxes and then just stay in these safe boxes. Um, I think really it's um, for many reasons. One of them is education and expectations and identifying with whatever you believe in. Uh, the other thing is um, medicine, um, you know, universities also, in terms of research, get their money from certain companies. And so pharmaceutical companies, if you tell them, well, we have this concept about the human mind that will maybe, that we might not need medicine to heal, then the pharmaceutical companies will be, well, that's not really helping us. So we're not <laughs> going to be funding this research. Yeah. Yeah. Not, it's not necessarily coming from a place of like, oh, no, we want to control, but, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a business minded thing. Yeah. If it's not helping their business, they're not going to put, put their money into it, um, which makes total sense. Um, so I think there's, you know, more and more new research. I mean, there's I at the moment I've, I'm reading Bruce Lipton, Dr. Bruce Lipton's uh, book on is it the biology of belief, which is okay. um like one of the major books about um, uh, epigenetics. And uh, he's he had to go around and do his own research in a way to be able to prove what he thought was true, what, like what he discovered and what he tried to express. But then a lot of people were like, no, I don't like this. I'm not going to accept it. Um, so, I, you know, I think it's kind of the, the issue is pretty much how human function like we do sort of identify with certain things and and if you come up with a solution you're like yep this is what it is and you build your whole life on top of it if someone tells you uh, actually the pyramids were not built in 20 years with stones picked up over there you know what i mean like the the yeah. like the the guy would be like no this is what i found but then if you check with other sciences you're like wait no that actually doesn't make any sense you know what I mean? So in a sense, like if if our minds are conditioned a certain way, let's say like, okay, like we believe in, in certain, let's say certain concepts or even, or let's say even like, you know, using meditation as, a, as an example. So if someone believes that doing meditation will help, like, let's say heal their back injury, then somehow it'll just happen because the mind itself is powerful that way that it can release, I guess, certain toxins or, or certain um, chemicals, right, to help relieve the pain. So mm -hmm. just from that alone, that's, would you think that would be the case? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is, this is a really good question. Can meditation heal your body? Well, you know, like I'm, at the moment, I've been quite passionate about Dr. Joe Dispenza, who's, oh yeah, he basically is one of the guys who healed his back <laughs> oh, specifically yeah. um using uh using his techniques of, of a lot of meditation and whatnot and then uh and 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 so his whole concept is what he likes to say a lot is if your thoughts can make can make you sick and anxious because it's proven right if you start worrying about your future you're going to have more you're going to be more anxious and that releases a certain type of um um of toxins in your body that puts you into a survival mode, which is really useful. And when you have to escape um, an animal or an actual danger, but not yeah. in our daily life, current situations, but because we are putting ourselves through our so thoughts and thought patterns and we get super anxious and stuff, and then we weaken our uh, nervous system, we weaken our uh, immune system, and then we get sick. So if your thoughts can make you sick and your thoughts make you, well, you know, it's, it's kind of the same concept. I think the thing is meditation 
will allow you, can help you really reduce your anxiety and, and relaxes your immune system. And, um, and it's not that it's necessarily for everyone or that it's necessarily easy for everyone because um, someone who's heavily in their heads and, and, and where their thought pattern is heightened and that they end up like in their heads a lot and, and more and more and more anxious, like meditation by themselves can actually make them even more aware of these things and get them even more anxious. Because uh, I've tried to talk meditation to some people that were like that and they didn't keep going because it was quite difficult for them. Um, but I do believe that if you're let space if you in during your meditation it, by making room for whatever that's whatever that's making your heart beat, whatever that is keeping you alive, whatever that is that made your unique cell into a baby that grew you into a human being, whatever that energy is that we don't have to call anything, but whatever that, whatever that unexplicable thing that science still doesn't know about, but yet we're studying the human body, but we're not questioning why is the heart beating? Okay. And whatever that energy is, makes your blood cells create crust where there is a wound and heal your body. The same way I think that if you make space for your body to heal itself in a deeper way, by letting go of your beliefs that you cannot heal, letting go of your belief that you need a drug to heal, letting go of your belief that uh, you need a doctor's approval to be healed, then you can absolutely heal. So meditation can be just a place in which you relax and allow yourself to get better. But it can also be a place in which you decide to let go of your beliefs for your healing to actually happen. Okay, so let me backtrack a little bit. I mean, you mentioned that if our mind can heal us and also kill us, so from that logic, it means that maybe, let's say if someone has cancer, then maybe we don't even have to take drugs. If our mind believes that the cancer could be healed, then could it actually be healed? And so that's that's where like the weird, um, I guess, cross of science and and the mind or spirituality, right? Yeah. I, I absolutely believe that's true. Oh, um, really? I know it's kind of a sensitive subject, but um, I think that, I mean, it's my own personal opinion, but I base it off of research that you can okay. find in, in some of these uh, books as well. Um, now, I haven't myself conducted any of these research and I have not been present and I haven't personally talked to someone that healed their cancer with their minds. Um, so that's why it's kind of my opinion and my choice to believe that this is possible. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've talked to people studying medicine and I've talked to, and I've listened to a lot of these podcasts as well that are really empowering the mind and empowering the humans by believing by letting them know that they can do anything they want but i've talked to like um i had a friend of mine her grandfather was a doctor and she was studying medicine and she was saying like according to her grandfather 90 percent of diseases would be healed if people were not anxious <laughs> and and that that's a really high number and that's yeah. i just i remember it because it's like that's crazy um and then also like Dr. Joe Dispenza, Bruce Lipton, they kind of also follow that kind of same philosophy of a lot of our issues that when we go to the doctor, a lot of the issues that we go to the, to the doctor to see, to get them checked and whatnot, it's actually all started from a place of anxiety because mm -hmm. the immune system is, is lowered because we're crunching our muscles because we're reducing ourselves. We're victimizing ourselves from thinking that we cannot fight viruses and bacterias and in which we, we make our body weaker that way. And then we are much more prone to get sick. And cancer is one of these things that is created by your own body. Like there's no cancer virus. There's no cancer bacteria. And even if you start looking into your genes, there are some people that in the same family, like 
even twins that have the same genes, one will have cancer and the other won't. And you're like, why is that? You know, so the whole like gene cancer gene also apparently based on based on what Bruce Lipton is writing, because I'm not a, I'm not a doctor myself. Uh, it really seems that there's a, a need of a, a lot of combination of genes and external um, elements. And then and uh, so he external the environment of the cells themselves, which is your body and your mental state, but also external uh, the, your environment around yourself. So if you so it's a whole like a combination of things. So can the body heal? Can you body, can you heal from cancer using meditation? I, I believe yes, but it's not necessarily. You you also have to be able to you know change your environment, like your inner environment, your mental environment, your your and possibly your physical environment as well. Um, and it can be food as well. It can be all sorts of things to try and change. And the use of meditation will just allow yourself to be in a more centered and calm place to welcome change. It's so insane, though, just to listen to you say 95%. I mean, it's <laughs> a really it, high number. It is a ridiculously high number. And, and not only that is, I mean, because most people w- would think that our minds, our brains there to help us, right? We're it help us guide us to whether to invent, invent something or create something or, or whatever it is, right? But then now to think of it in another direction, it's like it's almost like the minds are killing ourselves every day in a, in a way. Uh, yeah, and that's actually a really good point. Uh, we believe that our minds are there to, as you said, allow us to create, to function, and to grow our civilization and stuff. But that is such... This is just such a a, a, a Western, a Western you know, way. <laughs> thinking of like the mind, the power of the mind. We are intellectual beings, and we yeah. will use our brains to yeah. to whatever. We are better than anybody else because we're better than animals yeah. because we have a brain and because we can use a we can use reason. The truth is the reason the logic the brain is only useful as a tool like an excel page or Mm. as a dictionary or as as such and this is that's the only thing that it is our brain is a collection of memories and of information that we've learned throughout the throughout our life so there's nothing new in our brain we're not creating anything new using our brain we're using our logic for me it's even more clear because I come from an an artistic background but you can talk to musicians to dancers to um, writers to actors they will all tell you the same like the moment you create something new you're not thinking Mm. so you can use your brain to do the research you can use your brain to schedule your rehearsals you can use your brain to organize your life around it and give you all the elements to let go of that brain so you can create you know what i mean and so this whole civilization like using your brain when you were a caveman and someone would tell you well one day we can fly they'd be like yeah yeah right like we have no proof we have no previous experience of humans flying yeah so they're like this is impossible Mm -hmm. until some guys decided to create the plane and try and try and try until they could actually fly. But back then people were probably thinking it's impossible. Just like, was it uh, the, the, yeah, like they, the, the, the saying they did it because they didn't know it was impossible. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's like the first guy who climbed the Everest, I believe yeah. was like, people thought it was impossible and then someone did it. And now you have like tour guides, like going up there, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> buses of people. But, um, so that's a really good point. We, we have to be aware that our brain is a dictionary. And if you give the dictionary or the, um, what is it? The um, graphic card on, of your computer, the role of guiding your life, it's just gonna try to put everything into a box to understand it, to store it, and to you know get that information. And it's gonna to try to avoid everything new because 
it's really hard. It's difficult for a dictionary to understand something new. So they'd rather just recreate, just rather recreate the whole thing the same days, the same using the same information. And that is why it's so important to realize, no, the mind is not there to kill us, but we, most of us function in a way in which, oh, the mind is the guide, the, the, yeah. the main, the captain of, of the ship, but that's not what it should be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's when it really becomes destructive. And so yeah. using the mind to, to learn and to schedule things, it's great. But then, but then we have to get into a new place, uh, a heightened place, uh, using intuition, using your heart and using your guts to function. That's, no, it's interesting because it's also interesting that you brought up the fact that it's, it's such a Western, you know, mindset. It's, you know, to power the mind, you know, you got to be the best, right? The greatest. It, I, yeah. I find it interesting because it's almost as if the Western mind is very ego driven, wouldn't you say? Because so let's say, let's say you, cause you brought up the fact that like, okay, you know, no one could, no one thought that is in, that you can fly, like it's impossible. So someone goes and invent air, airplane to fly. Right. But the only reason why you would do that is because it's kind of like your ego talking, right? Because why would you even care if, okay, I invent this thing to prove to people that we could fly. I mean, why? You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's like, why is that such a big deal, right? So then that's why it feels like Western minds are very ego-driven in, in a sense. Yeah, I, I mean... I don't know if you agree I'm with not, that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not exactly sure what the, the process was. The, the Wright brothers um, yeah. and Mr. Mungo Fear and all these guys, I'm not sure exactly what their process was in creating. Um, I, I think the ego can be sort of a tool in terms of like, I want to prove myself and others okay. that I can make this happen. Okay. Um, it could be a driving force. Um, but I also believe that there's a whole like dreamer thing. Um, mm. Some people just dream their life in a different way okay. and they want to show others what is possible. I, I, but there's definitely, there's definitely both. Um, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, of course. Like you, you probably want to find that balance because too, too much of the, I guess, Oh, I got to prove you wrong. Then that's, that's when, where you, like where you're saying, you know, it becomes destructive, right? Because it's like always yeah. having a chip on your shoulder for whatever reason, you know? Exactly. And that, and that, that process will, you know, eventually like hit you, like bite you in the butt, because if you, it's like you, you, you need confrontation to be able to find yourself and, and, and to express yourself. And so if you do realize, oh, if you're able to actually make that plane fly and, and now you, everyone is like, yeah, you were right, then you're going to find someone else to fight, you know? Yeah. Um, so that kind of mental mentality is, is quite self-destructive as well. Um, okay. Yeah. And let me ask you this. So uh, since, since you've been now, you've, you know, you moved over to Japan, you've been working there for about a year. What are some differences that you see in terms of the way how the people there think, you know, compared to like the Western civilization? That's a really good question. And this is actually quite fascinating because oh, okay. I mean, there's been you know, moments where I'm like, what? I would never think that way. I would, that's, this is so crazy and that's what I, I love it I just love this it's not a challenge for me it's just like discovering new ways of thinking you know like I'm I grew up in Switzerland but then I lived in America for the past 10 years and now I'm living in Japan uh, and so I definitely had my um, my myself my identity my belief system uh, shook by all of these different places I lived in um, and so there's something that uh, that I found really interesting recently is that um, it's the whole community concept. So I'm not sure exactly how it is in other Asian countries because I haven't lived there, but um, um, in Japan, the community is more important than the self. Oh. So 
it's thinking about others first in a sense. So it's thinking about how everyone together can function together, which I think is way more beneficial in long term uh, than um, more of like the American mindset of like, I'm going to make myself rich and that's it. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> what I found, yeah, you know, but what I found as well is, is that when you start looking into other, so, okay. So to explain you, for instance, you can drop your wallet on, you can drop your wallet on the floor or in the train and it's going to be there until someone picks it up and, and puts it into the lost and found. Um, I, I saw a tiny little a pod, like one of these uh, AirPods or whatever on the floor. And I saw a group of people just pick it up and put it on the side on the chair so people can find it. Um, and like, there's barely any security in shops. Like you can just go in, grab whatever you want and leave, like potentially. Um, most of security guys I see are old Japanese men. Like, it's not scary. You know what I mean? Because um, people get offended if someone's smoking in the street because it's not respectful for others. Um, there's so much of that. There's so much of this is how it is. And when you work for a Japanese company, it's like if the boss says something, you're like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And you can try and tell them your decision doesn't make sense the answer will be, but this is how it is. This is how we function. This is what we do. So there's plenty of times where we're like, why are they doing this? And the answer is just because this is how it is, <laughs> because this is how we function. This is how we can, it's like the, the, the flock of birds flying together. It's that kind of mentality of like, everyone is sort of respecting each other. Like, and you can see when you're in a crowded place, uh, like people just like can cross the streets and not hit each other, but there's so many people. Um, so now it's a bit different because of Corona, definitely less people in the streets and whatnot, but there's definitely that sense of group. And that's why when, um, the nuclear plant exploded and the tsunami, it was a tsunami that made the nuclear plant explode in Fukushima 10 years, 12 years ago or something. Um, everyone was just like helping each other and, and, and helping each other to, find the people who are lost and like get like heal people whatever it was like they were just working as a team and, and i remember the the american news back then they were like oh this is incredible they're they're doing they're it's incredible to see human people like just getting together and, and helping each other but this is already the japanese mentality another thing is like in the winter everyone is wearing masks because they don't want to be spreading something if they have it so it's not to protect themselves it's to avoid getting other people sick yeah and so you usually see people sick wearing them so they can still go to work if they have a little bit of a cold and because of that 90 percent of people do that every year anyways since the pandemic happened everyone is wearing masks all year long everywhere in the streets and they're in parks like all the time so it's like yeah definitely the whole like group thing is much more important than the self which is something that I also aspire to be more like in a sense, because sometimes I'm like, Oh, and I need to like, you know, get that wealth. I need to get that job and, and that life. But then I'm like, okay, yeah. I mean, I definitely want to reach the goals that I'm setting for myself, but how can I give back? And that's something that I've noticed a lot in um, with spiritual um, teachers like Tony Robbins or, or, Joe Dispenza, Cartoli, or, or Oprah is like, they're trying to make information available. They try to bring consciousness to the rest of us. Because at the end of the day, if everyone is awakened, everyone is wealthy, everyone is happy, there can be just more of that. We can just feed more of that. We can create more of that creativity. We can be less into a, uh, this mindset of, I have to steal to uh, before someone steals from me. You know, I was talking to my girlfriend about who's Japanese about the whole like, well, you know, in shops in Europe, like you have or America, like you have security everywhere. And and then she was like, but people don't feel guilty when they steal. <laughs> um, no, because they think that someone might steal from them or that people are stealing from them. You know what I mean? So they really are. They grow up thinking, no, like you have to help each other out. Right, right. Okay, that's so. Getting back on actually that point, I was gonna piggyback on on that point is that 
it sounds like that in in Western cultures is is a lot of I, but in Eastern cultures a lot of we. Like you know because the group thing, right? And so yes. that's that's kind of interesting. I, I always wonder why that's the case because, like what you said, if if it's more beneficial long term, then why not think of it as like a a community we for like everywhere, you know? Mm-hmm. Why does it have to be I all the time and and being so like individual? driven yeah um so i always wonder i always think about it you know and like why that's the case and also to to get to your point about tony robbins and those guys like i appreciate that they are giving back and they're doing they're doing a lot of good things but at the same time it's not like they're helping people for free they are also charging a lot of money so there's a little bit of that you could argue say selfishness i mean i don't want to go that far because I, I don't know them personally so i'm not going to say that but but you know you know what i mean <laughs> yeah absolutely i mean and especially when you start talking about spirituality and, and self-help it becomes kind of a point that a lot of people think wait but if you're talking about spirituality and self-help and love why are you charging yeah um yeah, I think I think things are going to be shifting, to be honest. But I, I think that there is no reason why you shouldn't be paid for uh, helping people. I don't think that, like, you know, doctors get paid and they get paid a shit lot of money. Uh, <laughs> some of them. Uh, so I think that if you can create and um, if you can if you can help people heal and, and, and give give them good content, um, you you should be rewarded for it but i i I but and also the whole like concept that if you're willing to spend a lot of money onto into a class you will also be more willing and open to receive information because you're putting a lot of effort into um allowing yourself to get there and so you're like oh yeah i'm spending a shitload of money i better get something out of it uh uh, that as well i'm not sure if that's necessarily their mindset but i think things are going to be shifting um because I think eventually just the way, especially with um, digital stuff, um, I think that most likely a lot more information will be available just because if you look at it, um, YouTube videos, like a lot of YouTubers can just be making money um, out of ads. So if they're creating good content and if they're putting out their good information that are actually helpful and like giving back in a sense, uh, information, there's going to be a lot of views. And because there's a lot of views, there's going to be a lot of money made by commercials, by ads. And so that way, I th- because of that, I feel like the trend might be shifting in the future into different ways of creating passive income that will pay you without, and at the same time, allow you to give for free in a way. Okay. Um, I think... And are, are those, so that's kind of like the insights that you've gained since you, you know, you start working in Japan and you live there because being in like, you know, a different culture, uh, I'm sure your mind, mind, mindset shifted too, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's fascinating to see how like every little obstacles or details in your life can be bringing you to the next level in a way. Okay. Um, so for me, like I've, I've been quite spiritual for a while, but during the pandemic when, I mean, during the lockdown that we had here in May, I I found myself like drinking alcohol much more than I Ooh. wanted to, that I thought I, you know, and, and then I was like, this is, I'm, I'm not liking where I'm going with this. And at some point I was like, I had a drink almost every day for a month, at, like in the evenings and not to a point where I'd be like really drunk, yeah. but like, like a drink or two and but and then i was like this is not this is going the wrong place because i felt that anxiety of like oh this is going to calm me down you know Mm -hmm. and i'm looking forward for that drink at night and i when i realized that i was like no and this the the time there's this one moment this one clear moment you're like i'm making this decision this decision now to change and i think i'm not exactly sure how you can put that moment that feeling into a, an equation but if you can you're you, you got gold there because this is a very important moment in which you get into that mindset and then you make it a clear choice uh, with a clear intention and you have that will and you change and so i stopped drinking for a whole month um 
just in the kind of in the middle of it. And I completely cleared out that, that process that I cleared that physical need that I sort of somehow created through that anxiety of the pandemic and being quite of a spiritual person meditating for a while. I thought I was thinking, Oh, lockdown should be fun. You know, like I should be able to meditate all day, create all day uh, and, and like awaken and like study. And I wasn't able to do any of that. So that was kind of like, for me, a moment of realization of like, Oh, there's still something quite a lot in me that I need to work through. And then, that moment that clear moment of change was huge for me and then um earlier in the summer i started like feeling again um a bit of anxiety because I've, I've had some difficult relationships in the past and like setting this new one i a lot of things came up and suddenly i had that clear intention after a month of feeling again like sort of anxiety throughout a month of like thinking no now i need to change and that's when i decided to do every morning early meditations and every night meditation, I stopped coffee as well for a month. And then I realized that trying things like that, like for a month, at least you are restarting your body and you're letting go of whatever that your body is asking for, you know, that those chemicals uh, to keep going because your body becomes addicted to whatever your brain is sending yeah. and creating. And so by stopping these things, I was, I found out that you can like sort of reset. And so I stopped coffee for a while and then I Christmas, December was kind of like a month where I allowed myself to eat more sweets and stuff. But now I'm like, I, I'm not doing, I'm doing vegan month this month. I'm not doing, I'm trying to do as less added sugar as I can. Cause sometimes it's difficult here in Japan. Yeah. Um, and I'm, yeah, so I'm doing that and no alcohol as well. And just to like, what I've noticed is by you, 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 you learn and you see what is happening in your body. You sort of reset your program in a way, but then it also gives you such power. Like it's very empowering because yeah. then you're like, I was able to stop this for a month. I was able to change this for a month. So now I can change anything I want. I can establish whatever new discipline I want in my life. And I think it was John Asaraf who said, uh, well, no, no matter, no matter who you are and whatever, well, I'm paraphrasing, right? But he said, he said, basically, we are all disciplined, whether you want it or not. Mm. You're disciplined through waking up at a certain time, drinking coffee, doing this, doing that, going to work, whatever you're doing, that's your discipline. Mm. So if that's your discipline, you can change it into a new discipline, which for me was like really revealing because I, I moved from Switzerland to America, to New York, to New York, to LA, LA, Chicago, Chicago back to Switzerland for a month and then Japan. And when you move, you, especially from different countries and different states, you realize how much of a new discipline you have to impl implement in your life because mm -hmm. you're, um, you, you have to do your groceries somewhere else. You have to buy new things because you're not getting what you usually get. And so the first like week or two weeks or so, you're like trying things and discovering things. And then slowly you have this new discipline. And I'm using like groceries because that's something that was huge for me um, that I really realized, really noticed. But the same way, if you're able to like, oh, now I'm going to stop doing this. When I became vegetarian slash vegan, plant-based, I also had to sort of shift the way I did my groceries. And then, and so at first you're like trying, 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 and then, oh, okay. And then you, ha you create that new discipline. And, and when you decide to work out, it's the same thing. Like if you're able to find that time of the day or these days of the week and then do it for a long enough period of time that until it becomes that discipline, then you don't need to have willpower. You don't need to force yourself to do something because you're doing it regardless. Right. Cause essentially, so, essentially changing the discipline, it'll, it'll kind of slowly turn into a, a habit, like a good habit or, you know, of course the ones that have no control, then it becomes a bad habit, you know, um, like drinking, smoking. Exactly. 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 Whatever it is, it becomes your new habit. And so for me, Japan has been quite revealing that way because not only we had the pandemic and we had all that, but also the fact that people are acting and, and reacting in such different ways. Um, like when I go to work every day is just, everyone is so like, Oh, good morning. Good morning. Like everyone is saying hello. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, everyone is saying, you look tired, <laughs> which is a Japanese way of saying, thank you for your hard work. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. the, the literal translation is, you are tired. 
thanks, I guess. No, but you know what I mean? Like there's definitely a lot of like respect and like there's different ways uh, of interacting when you go to the shop or you're in the train and like how people look at you. Like I'm, people do look at me like I'm, I'm an alien a lot of the time, um, which is quite interesting because they don't have that many foreigners in Japan. Oh. Um, yeah, very little. And so a lot of the time I get people staring at me like at Ikea had a kid like shouting, mom, there's, there's a foreigner. <laughs> like, yes, that's, that's, that's right, son. <laughs> um, I am. Um, and so it's like, you have like these moments that are, it pulls you out of your world, out of your mental construct, like to become a foreigner, to become um because no, I, I was a foreigner in America, but because I'm white and because I'm yeah. able to produce a decent American accent, people yeah. would not really think twice. Um, but here it's different. And, and, and that's wonderful because it forces you to take notes of how you function. Yeah. The same way if you speak another language and you try to explain to a friend of yours, this is how you say that word. And then suddenly you're like, you have numbers and things like oh shit this word is so strange <laughs> yeah 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 but i grew up saying that word forever you know like japanese language is such a limited language that you know their sounds are very limited compared to all the vowels that we have in american in english or 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 all the consonants yeah. and whatnot there's it's it's, it's quite reduced. Like they don't have really a clear P, like a V, B sound is not very differentiated. Mm -hmm. They don't really have an R sound. The R and L is the same basically. And mm -hmm. so uh, and so when you try to explain, no, no, this is not how you say it. This is how you say it. No, no. You, they can't hear you because they don't have the knowledge and understanding of the sound. And they think they're reproducing the same thing, um, which is something I had to go through when I was learning American accent because there's a, there's a lot of sounds that, we don't have in French. Yeah. Um, and so it makes you reconsider things. It makes you change how you behave and how you talk. And even my friends that are not learning Japanese here, um, who are foreigners, they're still starting to behave in a different way. Uh, mm. There is much more bowing happening. There's much more, um, uh, hi, and like, even yeah. if they don't really say words because they're not really learning the language they're reproducing the behavior mm -hmm. so that they can express respect a way that yeah. the japanese would understand um it's just fascinating if i mean i would recommend it to anyone once the pandemic is over if you can try and go live in another country especially a country like japan mm -hmm. even even if it's for a month teaching english or something because you're, you're learning so much about yourself and others and how the world could function in a different way. Not that Japan is perfect, yes. but yes. like Medicare, like, you know, like it's so cheap to go to the hospital. Not that I necessarily go a lot, um, mm. but I just love the fact that if I am injured, I, or that if I have a major issue that I can go to a hospital without paying too much money. And I, you know, I wear contacts, so it's affordable to go see the eye doctor, you know? So it's like, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. No, that's that's great, man. I it sounds it sounds like you're having a blast over there, and that's great. I and I guess to kind of wrap this up, a final question for you is what I guess for the I mean, you know, I guess we can look towards the future. Um, I guess for the rest of this year, what are you looking towards, and what are you hoping to achieve? Good, good, good questions. Um, so yes so there are many different things that came out through my meditations to me one of them is uh, i've been able pretty much to feel extreme gratitude throughout my meditations since i got into the process uh into this new process and i've been able to get myself to cry of joy and gratitude which for me, I thought it would take me ages to get to that place, which I'm so grateful. And just the fact that I feel gratitude gives me even more gratitude. You know, it's like this kind of like yeah. healthy uh, cycle. And so that in that term for me is I want to keep building the that energy. And I, I want to be able to let go of more of um, reduce reducing or limiting mindsets. Uh, and I just want to be able to carry that gratitude every day 
on without meditating. You know, it's like being able to walk and talk to people and just feel so happy that I could almost cry throughout the day. That's like my main goal in terms of spirituality. And then I also have other goals. Uh, I do want to develop uh, passive income just because as an artist and because we don't know what's going to happen to uh, retirement uh, for once we get there. Um, I'd like to make sure that I get that I have my money put in the right bank accounts and put my money in the right investments and uh, creating, creating paths for um, abundance to come into my life in a, in a more, yeah, just in a more systemized way. So I don't have to be always necessarily looking for jobs to create some kind of a stability there. Um, And in terms of creativity as well, I've been drawing a lot and I've had people asking me, um, if I was printing these drawings into like on t-shirts and masks and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm, establ- I'm, I'm uh, putting that up as well. Um, creating, I'm going to be creating a page on oh, this month. I'm also not doing Instagram. So it's like, yeah, um, it's interesting, an interesting way of like tracking myself. But uh, once I get back into Instagram, um, I'll, I'll keep on posting um, about my experiences in Japan this is my system really at the moment is my a picture about my experiences in Japan, a picture about self-help because at first I was just doing it for myself, but then I've had a lot of people just telling me, thank you for sharing the thoughts. So I don't know who's reading and if they want to read it or not, it doesn't matter to me, but I, I still want to keep giving out my, um, my, my experiences, what I learned from them and, and hopefully help others as well. So um anyone who wants to follow me feel free and and then my drawings as well so i'm sort of like establishing that awesome awesome i love it this is a good way to end things and, and i do want to we'll we'll do this off offline because uh, i do want to talk to you about your drawings as well just because <laughs> so cool. yeah because there's some stuff that i i'm planning on my end which i, I may need you know an artist uh for- oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. But but we can talk more offline. But anyways, yeah. But this is this has been fun, Luca. I, I you know, I it's, it's such a joy to hear about your experiences and, and the stories and uh, and glad that everything's working out great in Japan. I mean, I, I saw some reposts too. I mean, you seem like you're having such a such an awesome time and so it's like I, I kinda wanna be over there too now. <laughs> <laughs> Please come and visit once the whole thing is over. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cool, cool. That I mean then you know that's cool. I have a pad to crash it. <laughs> cool all right ladies and gentlemen we are going to wrap up here uh and you know of course stay tuned for future episodes uh, we'll be back goodbye everyone bye